This episode is dedicated to the memory of Ian Harrison, also known as Linkin Doc. Welcome to mini episode 48 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? To kick things off this week, we need to say two gorgeous happy birthdays. So we would like to say a massive happy birthday to the wonderful Megan Stewart. Happy birthday to you. And we would also like to say a massive happy birthday to Amanda. And happy birthday to you too. I can't keep the same inclination up, I'm sorry. You've met Amanda. I have. Amanda is somebody that you've met through a video call with our lovely friend Alan McAnini, the tattoo <laughs> artist. And Amanda has a tattoo of your terrified face on the back of her leg. That is true. And as far as I'm aware, is the only person in the world to have a picture of me tattooed on her. That is also true. Mm. What an accolade to have. Indeed. Happy birthday, Amanda, and happy birthday, Megan. Happy birthday. I have got, I think, five stories for you today. Ooh. And story number one comes from Jen. Growing up, I always thought ghosts existed, but I didn't fully believe. I went to a college that was rumoured to be haunted, and my friends and I scared ourselves silly trying to be amateur ghost hunters after hours. But I never saw anything. Until I moved to Massachusetts a few years ago. I'd been crashing on a friend's couch while looking for an apartment. Now, the couch was one of those L-shaped ones, pushed up against two walls in the living room. One wall had a set of windows facing the street. I had a thing about sleeping against windows on the first floor, so I settled myself on the opposite end of the couch. The wall of windows ended at a doorway in which a glass-panelled door led to the stairs for the second floor. Normally, the door was shut. However, that night, one of my friends had forgotten to close it. I was lying on the couch, my eyes doing that tired, blinking roam around the room before I was ready to shut them and get some sleep. When my eyes slid past the door ajar, that was when I saw it. There, in the bits of moonlight streaming in from the windows, was something slightly glowing. I blinked a couple of times, confusion waking me up completely. I sat up and leaned forward automatically trying to get a better look. The glowing thing was actually a pale pair of legs and the hem of some kind of lightly coloured gown. These disappeared up into the shadows. Whether that meant there was more of a person in the dark or it was still materialising, I don't know. All I know is that once my brain fully registered what I had seen, I let out a blood-curdling scream and flew across the apartment in two leaps and locked myself in the bathroom. I stayed there for an hour leaving eventually and seeing nothing more, slept balled up on the furthest end of the couch with the lights on. In the morning, my friend said she thought she had heard something but figured she was dreaming. She found out through the use of a pendulum that there was indeed a young girl's spirit who resided in the house. She hadn't meant to startle me and was only curious. A year later, I ended up moving in for a time. When I claimed the spare bedroom, I had a little chat with the ghost just in case 
letting her know that I didn't mind her being there as it was her home too, but asking that she please never reveal herself to me again because she scared the bejesus out of me. And I never saw her again. But the hairs on the back of my neck stood up every single time I had to use the stairs. I guess she liked to hang out on the landing and play with my friend's cat. The only other ghost sighting I've had took place about two or three weeks after the first one. Another friend and I had just moved into a first floor apartment in an old, creaky and cheaply remodelled house. It was hot as the Sahara in my tiny room, which housed the only heater and the rest of the apartment was as frigid as the Antarctic. This particular night, not long after we moved in, I'd gotten back from my job and decided to unpack another box before bed. My friend had went to sleep maybe 15 or 20 minutes before. I was standing at my dresser, pulling knickknacks out of a box, when I caught movement out of the corner of my eye. Turning my head to say something to my friend who I thought had come out again, I froze. It wasn't my friend, but an old man in my doorway. He peeked his head into my room and then turned and walked through my friend's closed bedroom door. I slowly and calmly shut my door and then threw myself into my covers, work clothes, shoes and all still on. Absolutely nope. I've seen things out of the corner of my eye a couple of different places since, but nothing substantial. Thank goodness. I'm a spooky girl, but I really don't want to be that lady from Medium. I know this is getting a little bit repetitive and boring for all the people that keep hearing me say this. But little girl ghosts need to stop existing. Very harsh towards little girl ghosts. I hope they have some sort of union and they rise up against you. I mean, I feel I feel like nine times out of ten they're just being children. But it's the fact that they're ghosts and children, which I'm not here for. And there's always that Zach Bagan's theory that little children are actually demons in disguise, which makes them, makes them a little bit edgier, you yeah. know? Yeah, but I guess like... My opinion on that's changed slightly now because I, I feel like Zach Bagans is in the demon industry and that's just what he does now and everything True. is a demon. But they're still like, and I'm sorry if you've got children, but children are creepy in general. They are. And if you add the, the already dead element to it. Makes them kind of infinitely more creepier, yeah. And like, there's too many horror tropes about it that are just ingrained in my brain and I can't deal with it. And this, this one sounds okay, just playing with a cat and stuff, but just don't do it around me. Well, at least... Jen did that where she said, okay, you, I know you're here. That's fine. But just don't reveal yourself to me. Little fact for you. My psychic aunt, who also sees dead people, has specifically asked not for them to be revealed to her. And she doesn't see them anymore. So I think in the world of psychics and psychic mediums and all that jazz, apparently it works. If you ask politely, you will receive. Do you have to experience it to ask? Can't I just like send out a chain email to all ghosts saying I'm not interested, thanks? That's like the reverse of the chain emails we used to get in the early 2000s. If you don't send this on to 10 friends before midnight, this demon will appear at the end of your bed. Imagine your, imagine the ghosts in the world sitting on Bebo. Yeah. And they get a chain email. And they're like, oh, not another one of these chain emails from Dan. <laughs> like, we're never going to appear to him anyway. So This is the fifth so time about? today he's emailed. Can you just stop? When is he going to get the gist? We're not coming yet. <laughs> and then... Just to segue violently, um, Jen deals with the little girl ghost and gets an old man ghost. Yeah. 
but uh, but deals with both very well. I think yeah, really the kind well. of the veneer of calm and then the absolute panic that follows. That's my kind of my kind of dealing with things. I like it. And no whiff of gasoline anywhere. No. And our second story today comes from Kirsty. When I was growing up, I lived in a big old terraced house in a small town with a lot of history and is notable for stone quarrying and textiles. I imagine the house was built around the 1700s. I had a happy childhood and didn't lose any family members. One grandparent died before I was born and the rest were still alive. When I was around eight or nine years old, I was asleep and felt a hand stroking the side of my face. I wasn't dreaming, or not that I can remember. The movement woke me up, but I stayed still for a moment, and I could still feel the hand stroking my face. It was in the middle of the night, and my parents and my little brother were all asleep, and the cat wasn't in my room. I lay there for a moment, fully awake, my eyes open but otherwise still for a minute or so, concentrating on the feeling of this ghostly hand softly stroking my cheek, over and over with the back of its knuckles. Only when I sat up did the stroking stop. The atmosphere changed and I could feel that nothing was there, except now there was a small white feather on my bed. I told this story to my teacher the next day, showed her the feather and asked what it meant. She told me it was my guardian angel. As I didn't know anybody who had died, I didn't know who my guardian angel would be, but it was comforting to think someone was watching over me. The next story I have for you is a series of happenings around the time when I was 12 or 13 years old. I'd become friends with a girl in high school who was a goth. I found her cool and interesting and we were friends for years. We hung out at each other's houses a lot and that's when things started happening. One afternoon after school, we were over at my house and I was teaching her a dance routine I'd learned in my dance class. We were happily bouncing around in the open plan living room and when it was over the music stopped but we heard three short claps come from the corner of the dining room where we kept the stereo. We both turned and we both saw an old woman. Just a regular old woman with a blue knitted cardigan and curly grey hair. It was only a split second and she vanished. But we both saw her. After that, a couple of things happened while I was in the house alone. I would feel a presence when I was in my room at random moments. All of a sudden I'd be filled with dread and it sometimes woke me up where I just laid there and stared at the ceiling until I fell back asleep again. Sometimes it was during the day, but it was always when I was alone. Opposite the stairs was a large dark drinks cabinet with windows that were reflective. Once when I was walking down the stairs I caught sight of a pair of ghostly bare feet running past me in the reflection. When we were at her house, once we both saw the fridge door fly open by itself, missing me by inches as I made my way through the kitchen to go upstairs. Her dogs would randomly start growling at different areas of the house when there was nothing there. Now what's really interesting about this story is that my parents divorced a year or so earlier and my mum was getting back into the dating scene, mostly online. She wouldn't bring the dates home or anything, but one of her dates was a real gentleman who would pick her up so he was invited in while she finished getting ready. He was also a spiritualist. And yep, you can guess what he saw. When he arrived to pick my mum up the second or third time, he told me, Did you know there is a little old lady who is standing right there, in the corner by the CD player? This gave me chills. 
I tried to talk to her when they'd left, just asking questions, not with a Ouija board or anything like that. My friend had taught me that that was stupid, and I didn't get anything back. My mum eventually started dating another guy for a few months and he was a total loser. Long story short, he cheated on her and she threw him out of the house. Close out the window, smashing his things, the lot. Obviously, she was very upset and had remained friends with the spiritualist, so he came around a few days later to cheer her up. Anyway, he comes into the house and says, Oh, the little old lady isn't here anymore. Nothing happened in that house again. I moved out when I was 19 and have never experienced anything since. I don't know if the little old lady was my guardian angel, if there was a separate entity hanging around the house which was filling me with such unease, or why she was there at all. I looked for archives which would give me some idea who had lived and died there, but I had no luck so I gave up. I'm 27 now and living with my boyfriend in our own lovely house, which has an open plan living and dining room. It's a fairly new house, I'd say probably built around the 70s, and apart from a creepy looking attic which we haven't dared go into yet, it seems ghost free. I have a black cat too, so I'm hoping he'll be my little protector. I was really freaked out by the first part of Kirsty's story about her face being touched when she was asleep until she said it about it being an angel. And then I was like, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't be creeped out by that part. I'd still be creeped out though. Again, maybe need some lessons in manners at an angel school because I don't want to be woken up in the middle of the night by something stroking my face. You know, it would annoy me either way, whether it was living or dead. I mean, I probably presume it was you and you were doing it unintentionally. <laughs> Potentially. I did headbutt you recently in my sleep. So if I was stroking your face, it would be a wild improvement. So, yeah, I guess that. But it's still, uh, yeah, it's still like it's not as scary as initially when I first heard about the face being touched. I guess if it's someone just looking out for you, that's cool. What is scary, though, is an old woman clapping in the corner. Yeah, but she's just appreciating them dancing. Yeah, but wasn't it like three slow claps? Oh, like sarcastic clapping. <laughs> yeah. that's, like, how I, uh, that's how I miss them. Oh, that's, that's really mean. It. Maybe yeah. she was just a horrible old lady and she was like, oh, you think you're really good at dancing? Clap, clap, clap. And, I oh. like to, and maybe she stands by the CD player so that she can turn it down herself if it's too loud. Or if it's too obnoxious or yeah. if their dancing is just that bad. No, I think it was a guardian angel. I like the Oh, whole... you think the old lady was a guardian angel? Yeah, well? I, oh, like okay. the, I like the white feather element and I, I think it was a guardian angel. Oh, I didn't And think... that she was genuinely enjoying seeing the wee girl have a nice time with her friend and oh, do a little dance. I didn't think the two stories were linked like that, but that's interesting. Oh, I did. I got the impression they were linked. Okay, that's cool. But I guess you'd like, you don't have to have known anybody that died to have someone that died in your family look after you. No, you don't. It could so, be your great grandparents yeah. or some long lost ancestor who sees you and says, hey, I'm going to look after this kid for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I got really confused once by a white feather on my bed and then I realised it came out of the stuffing of my duvet. Yeah, very different. <laughs> Unless your duvet is full of guardian angels, at which point we, you know, that was a conversation that needed to be had. Yeah, I'm not sure why I'm smuggling guardian angels. And story number three comes from Shane. It was a summer night and I was driving back from an evening class to my home in the Colorado mountains. Many switchbacks and sharp turns led up the valley and the sun had just set. I was blaring music and driving along when I glimpsed something off to my right. A giant dog-like animal was standing within a field, staring at me. My lights didn't catch any eyes and I was certain it wasn't a deer. So I sped up a bit to get past it. 
At that moment, it started running at full tilt towards the road. I expected to see it jump the fencing around the field, but instead, it looked as if it simply went right through it. I screamed and pushed on my horn. As the horn blared, it swerved away from its collision course with my car and went into the foothills on the other side of the road. To be frank, I never drove that canyon alone again. Just a few weeks ago, another supernatural phenomena decided to make itself known. My partner was in the passenger seat as I drove home from the grocery store a little later in the evening. I approached the stop sign before the turn to our house and saw a black figure sprinting across the road towards our car. I slammed on the brakes and came to a full stop but saw nothing. My partner questioned why I was stopping so harshly in the middle of the road and I told them what I had seen and we both brushed it off. That night, and for the next three nights, I had horrible nightmares that there was someone walking through my house and following just behind us. We never could see them though. Then four days after the car incident, I knew something was wrong. I was putting on my pyjamas in our bedroom and doing my normal routine when I looked towards our attached bathroom and saw a black shadow go past the open door. We have two black cats that love to play in the shower water leftovers, so I said, Kitty, what are you up to? and walked towards the door. Just then my partner called from the kitchen. Babe, the cats are in here eating. What's up? Shivers danced down my back and I ran out of the room just as I saw another shadow run past the door. I ran into the kitchen shaking in terror. My partner tried to calm me down but I was hyperventilating and didn't know what to do. Somehow I knew it was connected to the thing that I saw on the street the other night. I grabbed my sweet grass and lit it up and walked slowly back towards the bedroom. As I walked into the kitchen and saw my bedroom door, I saw just for a moment two long black fingers grasping the door and then slithering back into the darkness. I fell to the ground crying and my partner took the sweet grass from my hand and started the ceremony for me as I could barely move. I came to my senses when we were halfway done and started yelling, get out you bastard, this is my home. We finished and I settled down and I went to bed feeling better than I had all week. No more nightmares, no more weird shadows. It has almost been a month that I haven't experienced anything else and I don't think that I will. Ooh, that first thing, Shane, sounds like you saw a skinwalker. <laughs> Whatever that thing is sounds awful. Oh, she just described it in such a way that I was just like, nope. I'm not having that. I've heard this before. I know where we're going. I think I know what that is. Mm -mm. I wouldn't be driving that canyon either. You are 100% right. When I first read this story and I was reading it in my head, the inclination was sweet grass. (laughs) So I thought she like lit up a big joint and I was like, oh, fair play to her. And then I realized, oh, no, no, wait, hang on. This is actually a ritualistic thing. It's sweet grass. No, not sweet grass. I'm I'm glad it's gone, but part of me wonders what it was that was following her. To see the black fingers going around, no, can't deal with that, walking up and down the corridor. It's easy to like think that if you're used to little things running past you, i.e. cats, it's quite easy to just presume that that's what it is. That would be my first port of call if we had a cat that moved. Yeah, of course. And if it, <laughs> if you saw a shadow out of the corner of your eye darting past the door, you'd be like, oh, it's definitely one of the cats. Yeah, But you can't 
explain away two long spindly fingers no, curled around the door no, no, as no, no, no. oh it's just the cats no not nice <laughs> not nice at all fair play to shane she did well there i think and story number four comes from caitlin I qualified as a teacher a couple of years ago and got my first teaching job at a primary school in a small village. The school was pretty old and creepy enough but I was determined to make it a nice space for me to teach in. The oldest part of the building was a large square with a playground for the reception and nursery classes in the middle. The corridor went around this square with the classrooms leading off all four sides. I was the reception teacher but also worked in the nursery. The nursery classroom was always a nursery classroom, but my classroom was the old school hall or music room. I'd been working there for a month or two when I had this experience. I was walking along the corridor from my classroom to the nursery on my way to the staff room. As I pushed open the corridor double doors to follow the corridor around the corner, I could hear children's laughing and giggling coming from the bottom end of the nursery where the desk was. The corridor was part of the nursery classroom, and was only divided by pillars going down the classroom rather than a solid wall. All the gaps between the pillars are filled with furniture to section off the corridor. I could have looked over the bookcase that was there but decided to walk up and actually go into the classroom to tell them off for being inside when they shouldn't be. To get into the classroom you had to walk to the end of the corridor and then turn into the top of the classroom to be able to see down the full length. So me thinking some children had snuck inside to play... I walked up the corridor ready to put my teacher voice on and tell them to go outside. As I walked the giggling got louder like the children knew they'd been caught and were waiting for me to turn the corner and see them as they do when they're playing hide and seek at that age. I turned into the top of the classroom and looked down its length towards the whiteboard and the desk at the bottom where the giggling had come from. In that second that I looked I saw two things. One, there was no children in the classroom. It was an open space with nowhere to hide. And two, the teacher's swivel desk chair moved on its own across the floor from one side of the classroom to the other, which was easily three feet. There was no breeze, there was no window open. The chair wasn't faulty and there was no incline on the floor. It was even carpeted. The giggling had stopped and it was completely silent. I bolted straight out of there and ran to the staff room. Everyone was shocked when I told them what I had seen, and the receptionist said, Oh, yeah, I've had experiences with them too. She told us how she often felt her hair or her clothes being pulled while she sat at her desk. My colleague, the nursery teacher, told me about how she would often come in to find toys and resources left out on the floor as though they were being played with, even though the classroom was all tidy the night before. The head teacher told us about a previous member of staff who had quit because nobody would do anything about the children laughing and playing outside her classroom. Apparently it had been checked multiple times and every time there was no children to be found. Our cleaner was the longest standing staff member and was basically part of the furniture. She told me about all the experiences she had had such as doors slamming down the corridors, a piano playing from my classroom, even though there was no piano in there, and I myself had heard footsteps walking down the corridor by my classroom when no one else was in the building and I had also seen the doors of my classroom suddenly slam shut. She had these experiences since she started working at the school in her early 20s, nearly 49 years ago. She said that she became so scared that she asked if she could invite a medium into the school on the holidays. The medium told her that there were two sets of ghosts who were at the school, all of which had died in a fire many years ago, 
not long after the school was first built. The first was a man who used to be a teacher, and used to teach music too. He apparently said that he would move on if he bothered the cleaner, but he just wanted to stay and play the piano. The next were two little girls, who were cheeky according to the medium, but ultimately meant no real harm and just wanted to play in the nursery. At Christmas, me and my class decorated the class Christmas tree, and the next day, most of the decorations were lying on the floor. I'm not at that school anymore, but I do still hear about the odd scary or inexplicable event still happening today. Okay, so it's almost as if we've got an anti-razor here because we've gone from one little girl ghost at the beginning to multiple child ghosts that are laughing and playing with things. I think I would last about a day in that school, if that. I'd probably quit midday, actually. Just walk out. I can't believe she went into the staff room and everyone was like, oh, yes, sit down and let me tell you a tale. Yeah. You know, you'd think that the head teacher and everybody else involved would be like, just don't, don't mention the ghosts. Whatever you do, there's a new person starting. Don't mention the ghosts. We want to keep them here as long as possible. We don't want them to quit because of paranormal experiences. I also think, as much as I love music... I also think ghostly music is really creepy as well. Yeah, of course it is. Particularly when there's no piano. I don't think I'd want to hear ghostly music. Like that time we heard that guitar playing. In our bedroom. That was so weird. <laughs> Very weird. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of... I mean, the story's wonderful in terms of explanation and clearly very much a ghost story. They're not my kind of ghosts. I don't no, like it's, it. it and I don't it's, like it. I think that the best stories are the ones where you think there's a really logical explanation. Like if you're a teacher in a school, obviously you're going to think there's kids after sneaking into play in the classroom and they are doing that giggly little thing that kids do before they know they're going to get caught. And then you're going to say, I'm sorry, why are you in here? Get out, please. And go outside <laughs> and play with the others. Put your teacher voice on. And then suddenly you're like, oh, fuckity fuck fuck. That's not what this is at all. And everybody's just like, oh yeah, that's that's just ghosts. Although hopefully as a primary school teacher, your response to everything is not fuckity fuck fuck. Out because, loud, anyway. Yeah, that would probably in front of be your children. Probably be inappropriate. Probably not good. <laughs> well, that definitely would be my response. <laughs> and our final story today comes from Kaylin. I'm not sure what subject this story of mine will go under, as this one is a tad odd, and I'm not sure what to think of it, even myself to this day. I was maybe ten or eleven. It was during the summer and it was a hot, sunny day in a small town called Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. I was enjoying the time with my two cousins in the backyard of our grandparents' house, playing and being normal kids, as you would expect. My grandparents were religious folk, so they didn't support anything supernatural except if it came from prayer. They would pray against the demonic, and I knew that my grandmother believed that anything that involved magic was witchcraft and definitely demonic. She even went as far as burning some trading cards of mine from the popular game Yu-Gi-Oh! and they made a screeching noise while they were burning. If I were a thinking man like Dan, it was definitely something to do with the infrastructure of the cards. They screamed due to the foil reacting to the fire, but my grandma thought it was proof that they were demonic. As we were playing, there was a mound of dirt or those wood chips you find in a playground. I think we were playing King of the Hill, All you do is attempt to stay on top for as long as you can. As I was attempting to stay on the top, a flurry of black spheres came hurtling towards me from the air, and I yelled out in fright. I dropped to the ground and off the mound as if I was actually being threatened by something coming towards me. 
I was shaken and scared. What was it I saw? Were they demonic entities or something else? Was it possible they were aliens? I'll never know to this day. There was nothing in the sky, not even clouds, just a bunch of black spheres. As a child, it caused me great fear and nobody seemed to believe me. I only remember that my grandmother prayed for whatever happened. Despite all of the different paranormal experiences in my life, I've never seen anything like this and had a physical response so strong like that. First of all, I'd like to say thank you very much for Kaylin for referring to me as a thinking man. Yeah. You vastly overrate my thinking prowess. <laughs> I definitely would have said demon. <laughs> but And are you going to say demon now? Um Okay, so the 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 thing I will say about this is there are loads of reported cases of similar looking objects being seen in the sky. So I 100% believe he saw what he said he did. I also feel that if your grandma who burns Yu-Gi-Oh cards because she thinks they're demonic is praying for whatever you saw, that's also probably further evidence that something is askew. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, I mean, frightening. I mean, how do you feel about it? Because that's your... I love stories like this because they're so different than any story. Like every so often we get a story that's so bizarre. You just think, wow, I don't, I don't really know what to make of this. You know what I mean? I don't really, because you know, with like residual energy and hauntings and loved ones coming back to say goodbye and all of those things, there is, while it's not a scientific explanation, there's still an explanation, right? But something like this where his body had a really physical response to a threat. So something was there. But what the heck was it? Like black spheres hurtling towards him. Yeah. Also, King of the Hill was a great game. King of the Hill is a good game. Yeah. I, I got very hung up on Hank Hill for a bit there. I knew what he meant, but my mind went Were to the Were you thinking cartoon. about the TV show and you were like, <laughs> oh, I remember that TV show? Uh, yeah, I. it's just bizarre, isn't it? Because we very rarely get threat reactions from something that's not a threat. In terms of biologically, do we? Like, well, you you do because that's partly where anxiety comes from, right? You're perceiving a threat that isn't actually a threat. But I think the fact that his body responded to something is important. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Well, it's it's uh, our bodies do funny things, and and they respond to threats that are like inbuilt in our psyche for from our ancestors. Do you know what I mean? So you you just don't know why your body responds in the way they in the way it does. What if Kaylin's ancestors were fighting black orbs back in like the day? And that's like actually like a proper prehistoric like threat enemy re- reflex. Yeah. You thought velociraptors were bad. Yeah, black spheres. Oh man, that's creeped me out a little bit now. My head's going all over the way. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find everything you need to know about us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. You can send us your own spooky story to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or for $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Bye.